Chapter 8 Importance of Human Birth Sai Baba Begging Food Baiju Bai's Service Sai Baba's Dormitory His Affection for Kushalchand As hinted in the last chapter, Hemant now explains at length in his preliminary remarks the importance of human birth and then proceeds to relate how Sai Baba begged his food, how Bai Jabai served him, how he slept in the masjid with Tatya Kote Patel and Mahal Sapati and how he loved Kushalchand of Rahate. Importance of Human Birth in this wonderful universe, God has created millions, 84 lakhs according to Hindu Shastra calculation, of creatures including gods, demigods, insects, beasts and men, inhabiting heaven, hell, earth, ocean, sky and other intermediate regions. Of these, those creatures or souls whose merits preponderate, go to heaven and live there till they enjoy the fruits of their actions and when this is done they are cast down, while those souls whose sins or demerits preponderate go down to hell and suffer the consequences of their misdeeds for as long as they deserve it. When their merits and demerits balance each other, they are born on earth as human beings and are given a chance to work out their salvation. Ultimately, when their merits and demerits both are worked out completely, they get their deliverance and become free. To put the matter in a nutshell, souls get their birth or transmigration according to their deeds and evolvement special value of the human body. As we all know, four things are common to all creatures, that is, food, sleep, fear, and sexual union. In the case of man, he is endowed with a special faculty, and that is knowledge, with the help of which he can attain God vision, which is impossible in any other species. It is for this reason that gods envy the human species and aspire to be born as men on earth so as to get their final deliverance. Some say that there is nothing worse than the human body which is full of filth, mucus, plague and dirt and which is subject to decay, disease and death. This is true to a certain extent, but in spite of these drawbacks and defects, the special value of the human body is that man has got the capacity to acquire knowledge. It is only due to the human body or on account of it that one can think of the perishable and transitory nature of the body itself and of the world and have aversion for sense enjoyments and can discriminate between the unreal and the real and thus attain God vision. So if we reject or neglect the body 
Because it is filthy, we lose the chance of God vision and if we indulge in it and run after sense enjoyments, because it is precious, we go to hell. The proper course, therefore, for us to pursue is the following, that the body should neither be neglected nor fondled, but should be properly cared for, just as a traveller on horseback takes care of his horse on the way till he reaches his destination and returns home. Thus, the body should ever be used or engaged to attain God-vision or self-realization, which is the supreme end of life. It is said that though God created various kinds of creatures, he was not satisfied for none of them was able to know and appreciate his work. So he had to create a special being, man, and endow him with the special faculty that is knowledge and when he saw that man was able to appreciate his leela or marvelous work and intelligence he was highly pleased and satisfied so really it is fortunate to get a human body better still to be born in a brahmin family and best to get an opportunity of being close to sai baba's feet and surrendering to him. Man's Endeavour Realising how precious human life is and knowledge that death is certain and may snatch us at any time, we should be ever alert to achieve the objects of our lives. We should not make the least delay but make every possible haste to gain our object just as a king leaves no stone unturned to seek his lost son. So, with all earnestness, we should strive to attain our end, that is, self-realization. Casting aside laziness, warding off drowsiness, we should day and night meditate on the self. If we fail to do this, we reduce ourselves to the level of beasts. How to proceed? The most effective and speedy way to gain our object is to approach a worthy saint or sage, Sadhguru, who has himself attained God-vision. What cannot be achieved by hearing religious discourses and study of religious texts is easily obtained in the company of such worthy souls. Just as the sun only gives light which all the stars put together cannot do, so the Satguru alone imparts spiritual wisdom which all the sacred books and sermons cannot do. His movements and simple talks give us silent advice. The virtues of forgiveness, calmness, disinterestedness, charity, benevolence, control of mind and body, egolessness, etc. are observed by the disciples as they are being practiced in such pure and holy company. This enlightens their minds and lifts them up spiritually. Sai Baba 
was such a sage or Satguru. Though he acted as a fakir, he was always engrossed in self. He always loved all beings in whom he saw God or deity. By pleasures he was not elated. It was not depressed by misfortunes. A king and a proper were the same to him. He would he whose glance would turn a beggar into a king used to go begging food from door to door in Shirdi. And let us now see how he did it. Baba's begging food. Blessed are the people of Shirdi in front of whose houses Baba stood as a beggar and called out, Oh my, give me a piece of bread and spread out his hand to receive the same. In one hand he carried a tumbril, that is a tin pot, and in the other a jolly or chopadari, that is a rectangular piece of cloth. He visited certain houses daily. Liquid or semi-liquid things such as soup, vegetables, milk or buttermilk were received in the tin pot, while cooked rice, bread and such solid things were taken in the jolly. Baba's tongue knew no taste, as he had acquired control over it. So how could he care for the taste of different things mixed up together? Whatever things he got in his jolly and in the tin pot were mixed together and partaken by Baba to his heart's content. Whether particular things were tasty or otherwise was never noticed by Baba as his tongue was devoured of the sense of taste altogether. Baba begged till noon, but his begging was very irregular. Some days he went a few rounds, on other days up to 12 noon. The food thus collected was kept in a kundi, that is an earthen pot. Dogs, cats and crows freely ate from it and Baba never drove them away. The woman who swept the floor of the masjid took some 10 or 12 pieces of bread to her house and nobody prevented her from doing so. How could he, who even in his dreams never warred off cats and dogs by harsh words and signs, refuse food to poor helpless people? Blessed indeed is the life of such a noble person. People in Shirdi took him in the beginning for a mad fakir. He was known in the village by this name. How could one who lived on arms by begging a few crumbs of bread be revered and worshipped? But this fakir was very liberal of heart, detached and charitable. Though he looked restless from outside, he was firm and steady inside. His way was inscrutable. Still, in that small village, there were a few kind and blessed people who recognized and regarded him as a great soul. One such person's account is given below. Bai Jabai's brilliant service. Tatya Kote's mother, Bai Jabai used to go to the woods every afternoon with a basket on her head containing bread and vegetables. 
she roamed in the jungle course after three meal three miles after course trampling bushes and shrubs in search of the mad fakir and after finding him fell at his feet the fakir sat calm and motionless in meditation while she placed a leaf before him spread her things that is eatables bread vegetables etc thereon and fed him wonderful was her faith and service every day she roamed at noon in the jungles and insisted upon baba to partake of the lunch her service upasana or penance by whatever name we call it was never forgotten by baba till the end remembering fully what service she rendered baba benefited her son significantly both the son and the mother had great faith in the fakir who was their god baba often said to them that fakiri is real lordship is transient after some years baba stopped going into the woods and began to live in the village and take his food in the masjid thus bajiabai's troubles of roaming in the jungles ended dormitory of trio ever blessed are the saints in whose heart lord vasudeva dwells and fortunate indeed are the devotees who get the benefit of the company of such saints two such fortunate fellows tatya kote patil and bhagwat malsapati equally shared the company of sai baba baba also loved them both these three persons slept in the masjid with their heads towards the east west and north and with their feet touching one another's at the center after spreading their beds they lay on them chit-chatting and gossiping till late at night if any one of them showed any sign of sleep others would wake him up for instance if tatya began to snore baba at once got up and shook him from side to side and pressed his head if it was mahal sapati he pulled him close stroked his legs and patted his back in this way for a period of 14 years tatya leaving his parents at home slept in the masjid on account of his deep love for baba how happy and never to be forgotten were the, those days how to measure that love and how to value the grace of baba after the passing away of his father tatya took charge of the household affairs and began to sleep at home kushalchand of rahati baba loved ganpat kote patil of shirdi he loved chandrabhanesh thet marwadi of rahati equally after the demise of his seth baba loved his nephew kushalchand equally or perhaps more and looked after his welfare day and night sometimes in a bullock cart at other times in a tonga with intimate devotees baba went to rahate people of that village would come out with band and music and receive baba at the gate of the village and prostrate before him then he was taken into the village with great honor and ceremony and kushalchand 
took Baba to his house, seated him on a comfortable seat and gave him a good meal. Then they talked freely and merrily for some time, after which Baba returned to Shirdi, giving delight and blessings to all. Shirdi is midway and equidistant from Rahate on one side to the south and Nimgao on the other, that is the north. Baba never went beyond these places during his lifetime. He never saw any train nor travelled by it. Still, he knew exactly the timings of arrivals and departures of all trains. Devotees who acted accordingly to Baba's instructions given at the time of taking his leave fared well while those who disregarded them suffered many a mishap and accident. More about this and other matters will be told in the next chapter. Bow to Shri Sai. Peace be to all.